So we're looking for some volunteers for the next, well, I'm just kidding, we're not, I'm not dressing up as a, as a bride. <laughs> oh, there we go, we're gonna do another youth lit service. We, want, we do wanna do one of those. Uh, but uh, uh, thank you all for coming out and being a part of our service, our, our service today. It has been a blessing. It's been fun. It's, it's good to, to think back and remember all of those things. And uh, I am thankful that we have an opportunity to, to look back over the years. Uh, there, there were people in that video that I didn't know who they were. And there were people that I don't recognize. Um, though uh, I do know who some of them were, and I can, I've been teasing Earl about that for a long time. <laughs> I found a pic, the, before I knew about the, the, that there was a video, I found a picture of Earl in a dress. And I was like, this is just too good to be true. So I immediately texted it to Becky. <laughs> I said, have you seen this? <laughs> Look what you married. Uh, but uh, <laughs> uh, it's, it's been good to think about those things. And one of my favorite parts about today has, was to listen to the testimonies uh, on, the, on the video that we watched earlier. Uh, to, 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 as people talked about how God's been working in their lives and their memories, and, and some of those are my most precious memories as I think about how our church has come together and been there for one another, how we've seen our young people grow and our old people grow and, and some people grow and ungrow and not grow and ungrow, that would be me. Uh, but spiritually uh, speaking, uh, God, it's been a blessing to see uh, God working in his people. And the truth is, the 50th anniversary of the church isn't the building, and I said this earlier, it's, it's an anniversary of this body of believers. And uh, I'm thankful that God has put each one of, you, uh, each one of us here. And uh, some have come and gone, some have passed on, um, and are no longer here. Um, and, uh, but that doesn't mean they were any less a part of our church. Um, God used them, uh, and uh, I, I'm thankful. When, uh, when the, the, played the, the recording of Pastor Williams uh, singing, I was, I was about done. I'm thankful for what God has done. And, but this is what I want us to understand today, is that all that has happened here and all that we are is what God has done. Take your Bibles and turn to Numbers chapter 23. Numbers chapter 23. <clears throat> We're going to spend some time in prayer here in a little bit. Uh, and I say a little bit, I, I'm not intending to preach long. I do, I do promise you that. Uh, but I do want to share a couple of thoughts. And I, I hope it will be a, a, a blessing and an encouragement to you. Uh, because there's something that we need to understand. Fifty years is a, is a great milestone. But it is not a tombstone. Tombstones are placed when something's dead and gone. And this is an anniversary of what has happened, but next year will be year 51. And in 25 years, Lord willing, there'll be a 75th anniversary. And I'm praying that there'll be a 100th anniversary and 125th. As long as God tarries and Christ has not come back yet, I'm praying that, that this church is still here. And by church, I don't mean the building. I mean the people. Now, we won't all be here in 125 years, 
but I'm praying that there will be a remnant of people here in 25 years. Numbers chapter 23, uh, we're going to read a uh, verses, I'm going to read verses 18 down through 20, through 23, uh, and there's a phrase uh, at the end of that verse, I mentioned it this morning, but uh, uh, this will be our, our text uh, today. It says, verse 18, it says, and he took up his parable uh, and said, rise up, Balak, and hear, hearken to me, thou son of Zippor. God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said, and shall not he do it? Or hath he spoken, and shall he not make it good? Behold, I have received commandment to bless, and he hath blessed, and I cannot reverse it. He hath not beheld iniquity in Jacob, neither hath he seen perverseness in Israel. The Lord his God is with him, and the shout of a king is among them. God brought them out of Egypt. He hath, he hath, as it were, the strength of a unicorn. Surely there is no enchantment against Jacob, neither is there any divination against Israel. According to this time, it shall be said of Jacob and of Israel, What hath God wrought? Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this time. I thank you for, for this body of believers that uh, we have here today. And Lord, I, I ask that you would just bless this time. Uh, Lord, may you speak to us through your word and your spirit. May our ears uh, be, be open unto you and our hearts soft and tender. Lord, I pray that you would bless this body, Lord, this blesses church. And again, we thank you for it. And we thank you for uh, the work of Christ on the cross. Lord, it is his church. Lord, you will build it. And we thank you for that. We ask that your hand be upon us now, in Christ's precious name. Amen. Now, the context of this passage is very important, so I, I, don't, misunderstand, I don't want us to misunderstand what's going on. Uh, uh, how many of you remember the story or the account of Balaam and his donkey? I know Brother James does. Where's he at? <laughs> uh, he, he, there he is. Hey, Brother James. You remember the story of Balak and his donkey, where he, he saddled up his donkey and went, went with the wrong guys he shouldn't have gone with. That was, that was a different message. But anyways, uh, here he's been brought to King Balak, and Balak has a desire that Balaam, who is a prophet, and, and not a good prophet, by the way. He, was not a, he did not always tell the truth. In fact, if you read the book of Jude, and uh, it talks about he was, uh, he was not a, a prophet. To, uh, there was error in his teachings. But God can even use wrong people sometimes to do the right thing. Uh, but that's not this message. Uh, but I want you to, so he's there, and uh, Balak wants him to curse the people of Israel. And Balaam says, I can't curse the people of Israel. God told me to bless the people of Israel. And he brings them uh, to different places and tries to say, well, can you curse them here? Can you curse them here? And, and this is the third time that he, he's, uh, he's, he's brought Balaam. He says, can you curse them? And, and this is what Balaam has said to him, starting in verse 18. And he, said, uh, and he took up his parable and said, rise up, Balak, and hear and hearken unto me, thou son of Zippor. He says, God is not a man, in verse 19, that he should lie. Neither the son of man, that he should repent, hath he said, and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken, and shall he not make it good? Uh, now, understand, these words were not Balaam's words. They were God's words to Balak. 
He's, he's, he's giving to Balak what God has told him to say. And there's something that is good for us in this verse that I want us to learn. There are four things in this passage that I want to bring out. And the first one is here is the sovereignty of God. We see it in verse 19 and verse 20. He says, God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said, and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken, and shall he not make it good? Behold, I, Balaam, have received commandment to bless. He that hath blessed, and I cannot reverse it. What Balaam is saying is, you want me to curse the people of Israel. Because Balak had a desire to destroy the people of Israel. But he knew that their God helped them. He knew that their God fought for them. And he says, I want you to, to curse them. And Balaam says, who do you think God is? That, that he's just a man? That, 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 that you can go against him? That, that, he, that, he, that he lies? Now listen, we all know people that lie. We all know people that make promises and don't keep them. But God is not one of those people. In fact, God isn't a people. He's a creator of all things. He is, he is God. Now, why is this important? For, for the message today, we, what we, the text is those four words, what hath God wrought? Because the work that was done in the people of Israel was not the work of Abraham. It was not the work of Isaac. It was not the work of Jacob or Joseph or any of the others. It was the work of God through them. God uses people. Now we can look back there and look at the different pastors that have been here over the years. Pastor uh, Milton, what's that? Milton Flippin, right? And, and Brother Pastor Morris, and I don't I know Earl's going to get on me, but I don't remember his first or his middle name, Brother Earl. There we go. I knew, I knew he'd tell me. I don't know their first things, but listen, what I do know is this. God used those men. God used those men to come here, to, to start a church. God used Pastor Williams for, for 30 years, uh, plus years, uh, to, to pastor and minister here. And, and, and God called me. And listen, none of the, it wasn't the work of those men, and it's not the work of me. It's the work of God. But it isn't about a ministry that's built up. And this is important for us to understand. Brother Perry mentioned it this morning. It's all about people. Because the church is people. Now, any work that's going to be done is done by God because he is sovereign. If God, what that means is if God wants something done, it's going to happen. He didn't need to use Brother Morris or Brother Flippin. He chose to use Brother Morris and Brother Flippin and Pastor Williams and myself. Listen, God doesn't need you. God chooses you. Isn't that a wonderful thing? God chose you. He's chosen this group of people to become Fellowship Baptist Church. And there have been others that have come and have passed on. There have been others who've come and moved on, like Brother Perry, and, and God's using and God's using him, and God chose him to do what he's doing now. But that has to do with the, the, the will of God and the sovereignty of God. And because he is God and he is sovereign, it's important for us to understand this. Nothing can come against it. You notice what he said there. He says, Surely there is no enchantment, verse 23, against Jacob. Neither is there any divinity. Div- divination against Israel. He said, there's nobody that can do or say anything against God. He is sovereign. Not only is he sovereign, we see also the, the covenant of God. We see it in verse 21. It says, he hath not beheld iniquity in Jacob, neither hath he seen perverseness in Israel. The Lord his God is with him, and the shout of a king is among them. 
See, was there no sin in Israel? Let's just be honest. There was sin in Israel. So there was iniquity. There, were, there was perverseness. So what does it mean? Does, not God, does God not see sin? He does. But he looked at Israel through the lens of the covenant that he made with Abraham. Do you, do you remember the covenant? Now, what a covenant is, is, a, is a, a, a contract or a, a, a vow between God and man. And I want you to understand what happened. Abraham did not make a covenant with God. God made a covenant with Abraham. Uh, uh, he, he told Abraham to, to, to cut up the, 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 the animals and to lay them out. And, and, and then he, Abraham went to sleep, and God moved through those. God made the covenant. He made a promise, a vow unto Abraham uh, that he would have a son, and through that son that all nations would be blessed. And uh, uh, through that time, he, he, he said that they would, be go, they would go into to Egypt for 400 years in slavery, that he would bring them out of Egypt. And there was much to that covenant, much to that promise, but that was a covenant of God. It was, there was, the law was given to, to, to Moses later on, and, and they, they looked at the people of Israel, and they said, God looked at them, and he did not see their sin or their iniquity because he saw their covenant, the covenant he had made with them. They were always his children. Why is that important? God has made a covenant with us, too. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 10 that the old covenant was taken away so the new covenant could be put in its place. That's a good thing. That covenant was in Jesus Christ. Because of Christ. When he looks at you and me, he doesn't see our iniquity. He doesn't see our sin. He sees us. Uh, what does the Bible say about Jesus? Uh, he who knew no sin became sin, so, sin for us that we might become the, the righteousness of Christ in him, uh, the righteousness of God in him. Uh, he sees Christ's righteousness when he looks at you and I. God is sovereign, and he looks at us through his covenant. Notice also the, the, the power of God there. Uh, in verse 22, it says, God brought them out of Egypt, and he hath, as it were, the strength of a unicorn. Now, he's not talking about a unicorn like the, the fantastic animal that we think of now the, uh, uh, that uh, has rainbows. In the, uh, it, it's talking about a, 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 they're not sure 100% what it's talking about, but uh, they believe it's a one-horned animal that is probably extinct at this point in time. Uh, uh, but it was big, it was massive, it was powerful. And they likened the power of God under that because it was something that they understood. But he said, God brought them out of Egypt. Now, we know the power of God that he revealed when he brought them out of Egypt. Uh, the, the, the death that came across, the firstborn, all the, all the, all the uh, plagues that came across uh, into the, the, the lives of Pharaoh and the other Egyptians. That was, there was power in what God did. God set them free. He is sovereign. He has a covenant. They had a covenant with God. He was powerful. And then it said in verse 23, surely there is no enchantment. There is nothing that could come against him. There's, there was nothing that could win against him. Neither is there any divination against Israel because according to this time, it shall be said of Jacob and Israel, what hath God wrought? He said, he said listen, I can't curse him. There's nothing that can come against them. In fact, it's going to come a time when people look at the people of Israel, and according to this time, and they're going to say, look what God has done. It goes on to say, in verse 24, Behold, the people shall rise up, a great lion, and lift up himself as a young lion. He shall not lie down until he eat of the prey, and he drink of the blood of the, of the slain. He, there's prophecy involved here. But, uh, what has God done? There will be those all around who are going to look and see what God has done. 
Take your Bibles and turn over to Matthew chapter 16. We're going to look at another passage of Scripture. Matthew chapter 16. And look at with me at verse 18. And I want to look at this in the same light as what we saw, the, the same power, the same covenant, the same, the same sovereignty of God, and the same work. Now Jesus is speaking here, and he's speaking to the disciples. And in verse, verse 18 he says, And I say unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now, who is Jesus? He is the Son of God. He is God. Amen? He was, the Bible says in John chapter 1, uh, in the beginning was the Word, and uh, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was God in the flesh. He was not uh, a creation of God. He did not become God. He was not made God later on. He was God. So when, when Jesus is speaking here to his disciples and, 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 and speaking to them, he was speaking not just the Word of God, but he was the word of God. He was speaking with authority. And he says to Peter, he says, thou art Peter. He says, upon this rock I will build the church. Now we know that the, the rock was not built upon the rock, or the, the church was not built upon the rock of Peter. It was built upon the rock of Christ. Uh, Paul says that, that he is the chief cornerstone. He says, he says, I, he, no, he says I will build my church. It's his church. He says it with all sovereignty. He has given us a covenant through himself. The veil of his flesh, Hebrews chapter 10 says. He has the power. There is nothing that can come against it. Listen, our church is 50 years old. 50 years is a great accomplishment. You, you look around the, the, the state of Maine, and, and there are churches that are closed down and empty and falling apart. Uh, in Vassalboro, where I live, just up the road from my house, is, is what used to be a church. Uh, it is empty now. Uh, they, uh, the, the bell has been taken out of it. Somebody bought the building. There's nothing there other than a shell of a building. Uh, on the other side of Vassalboro, they just took down an old church, uh, literally de destroyed it, demolished it. Uh, there was nothing there. Uh, another church in Vassalboro, not too far from where, where uh, we are here, uh, they, they, uh, uh, two years ago, just before COVID, they decided not to have services in the wintertime because they didn't have enough tithe coming in to, to pay for the heat. So they were going to reassess in the summertime. And guess what happened and when summer, spring came around? The church didn't open its doors. Churches are closing all over the place. So here's a question. Was God's promise here, Jesus' promise here, that I will build my church and the gates of hell not prevail against, shall not prevail against it, was that a lie? No. No. It's his church. Now, we sometimes fail, but God never fails. This church may one day close its doors. I pray that it doesn't. I pray that we're here until Jesus comes. But if it closes, and if something happens, it isn't because God has just given up on us. It isn't. It's because we've given up on him. We are the church. Brother Frank, you are the church. 
Robin is the church. Pam, Elijah, Ezra, Earl, I can name off all of you. We are the church. Now, just because if somebody go, is called out, like Brother Perry was, and goes somewhere else to serve the Lord, because God, that's not him leaving the church. That's him being the church as God, as God leads him. But if we walk away, if we just go and just turn into nothing, then there's a problem. But it's not with him, it's with us. Now, I don't think that's where we're headed. And I don't want you to think that, that, that that's what I'm saying here. What I want you to understand is God is sovereign. I want to give you some hope. I want to give you some encouragement because God is powerful and God is able. Because the truth is, this place is full of stories of people who could talk about what God has done in their life. We have drug, drug addicts that are in here today that are not drug addicts anymore because of what God has done in their life. We have drunks who were in here today who are no longer drunks, not because they went to AA, but because God did something in their life. We have people in here uh, that have gone through other problems and other struggles. And listen, uh, they're all here and they're all faithful, not because of who they are, but because of what God has wrought in their life. I praise God and I thank God for what he has done in my life and in your life. What has God wrought? We are not just to be a place to come and to to socialize and to go off in our life. We are to to be the body of Christ, which means we love one another. Which means we minister to one another and we serve one another and we serve the the world, those that are around us. We're trying to, with love, share the gospel because that is God's desire for the church the hands and feet of Christ. Amanda asked me the question in the interview, what are some of the greatest blessings? And what came to my mind was you. Seeing seeing the people in this church grow in the word and have a desire to study and, and loving one another and serving one another and stepping up and teaching classes when they wouldn't have done it before, but God is working in them. That, for me, is the greatest blessing. Not because I get to stand up here and, 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 or have a position of authority or power. Honestly, a pastor is only a servant. The blessing is seeing what God is doing in you. And I get to stand back and say, look what God has wrought. And listen, I want, I want our community to look at our church and say, look what God has wrought. But that means that we need to remember that God is sovereign. That means he's king. Right? Now we know he's king. Uh, The Bible says that Jesus is the king of kings and lord of lords, but he's got to be preeminent in our life. Is he preeminent in yours? We know that, that, that God has given us a covenant, and I thank the Lord for the covenant that he's given to us. I, I'm reminded every, every day that I come to Christ. Listen, I don't come, to, I don't come to, to, in prayer to God and I do it on my own power or my own 
uh, because I deserve it. I do it through Christ. I've been praying and thanking God for what he's done here. In a few minutes, we're going to pray and thank God for what he's done here. I'm I'm also hoping that we'll pray that God will bless us as we move forward. We also need to remember that there's the power of God. There's nothing that can come against him. Absolutely nothing. The Bible says the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The church will prevail. God will prevail. Why? Because Christ ordained it. Christ promised it. And it's got to be the work of God. It can't be us. Are we going to allow God to work in us and through us? Are we going to work together, love together, love one another? serve together? If we do that, listen, Brother Perry mentioned it this morning. I I heard the same thing. Everybody that came in said the same thing. I came because of the people. Now listen, ultimately it's God that works. But God works through us. Matthew chapter 5, they shall see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. May God help us to continue on. I thank God for what he's done. I pray he continues to bless and to use us, to see people saved, to see our church grow, to spiritually, physically, to make an impact so that one day, at the, end of my, at the end of my life, I can look back and say, I fought a good course, I finished my faith, but most importantly, I can say, look what God did. I don't want to say that stuff so I can say, look at me, look, look how I finished my course. I want you to look back and say, look what God did in my life. What has God wrought? In a moment, we're going to pray. Um, you don't have to pray out loud. I'm, I'm probably going to ask a couple of people to pray. I'll ask Brother Rich if you, if you would mind praying for us. Brother James, if you'd mind praying for us. Brother Don Wilson, if you would mind praying. While they're praying, pray with them. And when they're done, we'll have a few minutes of silence. You can, you can pray out loud if you'd like to. If not, uh, but after, after a couple minutes, then I'm going to pray. But pray for our church. Pray for our folks. Pray that God helps us to be the church that God has called us to be. We're fitly joined together. It's how, that's how Paul describes it. There's no extra pieces here. We are here because God put us here. And we're needed here. And we're thankful. We're thankful that you're here and we love you. Brother Rich, can you pray for us?